Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 54 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. I've got Casey, Joy, MBG. Before we talk about the college football playoff, I wanted to recap our pitch from last week for the Power 5 and Mountain West Championship games. Turns out that we did not need a tiebreaker. We had a clear winner. Drum roll. Joy went 5-1. Only missed out on Georgia-Alabama. You picked Georgia. Otherwise, you went... You were perfect five and zero, oh, other than the SEC, which is kind of amusing. Isn't and then it? we had a we had a three way tie for second, so all three of us went four and two. Casey missed on Oregon and UNLV. MBG, you you could have tied Joy because you missed on Oregon and Iowa. <laughs> it seems <laughs> like you 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 kind of punted. I guess <laughs> no pun intended. Right. And then I missed out on uh, Oregon and Georgia. So Joy gets the win. We don't even need to go to the tiebreaker we have. So now we'll get to the important stuff. Four teams picked to participate in the college football playoff. No controversy at all, of course. Casey, do you have any thoughts about how that whole thing went down? Honestly, the college football playoff, I love I love the teams. I know this topic has and will be discussed ad nauseum. And no, I'm not sure what that phrase means or if it's used correctly. But I think all four teams that were picked are awesome. I, I, I truly do. I think the matchups are extremely compelling and as much as I'd like to say Florida State was wronged, and I do believe they were, and that I'm not going to watch the games, I'm, I'd am i be lying to everyone out there. I'm going to watch the shit out of these games. I'm, I can't wait for them. And in the same breath, F, FSU was completely hosed. But I know we'll get into that maybe a little bit more, so I'll leave it at that. But you know it's bad when a Clemson alum is feeling bad for Florida State fans. Yeah. That'll go away after I crack my first pack of liquid IV on New Year's Day and watch these games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, feeling bad for FSU as a non-FSU fan in the ACC feels weird. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Casey. All right, Joy, what did you think about how it went down? I'm, I agree. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the year after Florida State completely, totally demolished us that I would ever have a soft spot for Florida State, I would have told you that you were smoking crack cocaine. But I don't know how you just watch what that team did for 13 weeks and don't feel like in some way, shape, or form they got hosed. I also agree with Casey. I do think the committee got it right. I know foreign concept of me agreeing with Casey. It's almost like Casey and who's have switched places. But I agree with Casey. I do think the committee got it right in terms of the four teams that they put in. And I hate that people right now are under the belief system that if you think the four teams are right, then you don't think Florida State got hosed. Those two things can and are mutually exclusive right now. And that's just where I stand. All right, MBG, what about you? You think FSU got hosed? Look, I don't feel bad for Florida State not one bit, and here's why. Does anyone feel bad for Liberty? Liberty's undefeated. So tell me why Liberty isn't in the playoffs. Why do Florida State fans not feel bad for Liberty? Because they're gonna say question. because they're gonna say, Well, look, you didn't play a tough schedule. If you got in, you'd get destroyed. So you don't deserve to be in there. But then when someone uses those same arguments against Florida State, saying, well, look, you didn't have that tough of a schedule. Are you telling me Georgia wouldn't have gone undefeated with Florida State's schedule? Of course they would have. Alabama would have gone undefeated with Florida State's schedule too. So when people use the same argument against any P5 team that P5 team is used against G5 teams, for some reason they get all butthurt about it. So I don't really feel bad for Florida State because – the committee's using the argument against Florida State that all the P5 teams are using against Liberty or any G5 team that's ever gone undefeated in the history of college football. So, hey, guess what? Tough. So, yeah, I mean, look, they got it right. I would have even I would have even maybe considered putting Georgia in there over Texas, but you can't really do that. But Yeah, so my issue, I have a thought and then a question for you guys. So my issue is with the process because the optics of it are bad that they dinged Florida state for the injury this week instead of two weeks ago or three weeks ago, if they had dropped them in the rankings then and said the injury matters and then Alabama gets in over them, that would make sense. But it, as a non sec fan, I'm not saying me, but 
there are non-SEC fans out there who think, oh, well, because there wasn't going to be an SEC school in there, that's why they all of a sudden, you know, said the injury was important and shifted things around. So I think the way the committee handled it was poor. My question was, and this is a hypothetical, so let's say Alabama had lost to Auburn but had beaten Georgia. Do you Who do you think would have made it out of Texas, Georgia, and FSU? Because Alabama would be out. They'd have two losses. Georgia would have only a loss in the championship game, right? But I think part of the reason Texas got in was because they beat Alabama head-to-head, right? I mean, I, I do think that's the main thing. I mean, obviously, they've had a really good season, but that is a huge part of why they got in. You can't – I think it would be tough to put Bama in and not put Texas in. So, I, I mean, I think there's an argument that if Alabama had lost to Auburn, which they clearly almost did, and then beaten Georgia, that Georgia and FSU would be in and Texas would be out. I was just curious what you all thought about that. I think you had to put Texas in because you were putting Alabama in. Yeah, 100%. 100%. There was no justification for head-to-head. I think think Florida State gets in if Auburn beats Alabama two weeks ago. I I do. I I mean, at that point, now you only have two Power Five undefeateds, right? Well, you'd have three. You'd still have Michigan – Oh, I'm Washington. sorry. Michigan, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. So Florida you still State. have the three. I think and then, two loss Alabama. Georgia loses to a two loss team. I think you can justify that. I think Florida State gets in if Auburn does their job. So yeah, it's I your fault, Auburn. Cool. Florida yeah, State, don't yeah. pick on Auburn. So <laughs> Auburn, Jerks. how much are they hating it, though? That they not only do they give up the fourth and goal from the 31, but that ends up helping Alabama get in the college football playoff. That's like the the absolute worst case scenario if you're an Auburn fan. As our friend Pablo Escobarner on on Twitter said, I'm an Auburn fan. You can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> that is uh, 100% on them. Pablo had two or three elite days on Twitter, by the way, when all this stuff was going down. I don't know if you all read his tweets, but yes. he was killing it. He's a great follow. Great follow. Yeah, he's great awesome. Friend. I would still say the four best teams are Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. If you want to put the four Ooh, best teams that's in That's questionable. Is Michigan Michigan, Washington, Georgia, Alabama? We'll find out soon enough. But I mean, you tell me Georgia, you tell me Georgia couldn't beat every one of those teams in the That's, that's why I put Georgia in there. They 100 yeah. percent would. That's what I think is also frustrating about this whole justification of putting the four best teams in there because you still didn't put the four best teams in there. You that's what your justification is for putting Alabama in there, but you can't convince me that the team that was number one all season long and lost by three to Alabama on a neutral site isn't one of the best four teams in the country. Well, it lost and to they had two eight, injuries, though. but also no, like Alabama was Alabama's playing week. their best football. Yeah. But they also Georgia. I mean, Bowers has been dinged up. McConkie went out of that game, right? I mean, they, you know, <laughs> and they still lost by three. Yeah. And they, it was like they varsity won. blues with McConkie. He came back like he was limping, couldn't walk. He came back, no right. problem in the second half. But but if you're gonna look at it that way too, I mean, Ohio State was this close from beating the number one team on the road. I mean, and that's their only loss. I mean, it's just. I Make an argument for Ohio State, though. So yeah, just, you'll never yeah, hear me say that. I will never. I'm likely not to. I mean, if Michigan's really the number one team, I mean, but Ohio State. Well, I, I mean, the, in the committee's eyes, they are. And Ohio I'm State was Michigan saying, and Florida State's. Michigan and Florida State's resumes are not that different. If you look at the strength of schedule, everything, all the other metrics, and their offense has been putrid for the last few weeks, even with Florida State's third, second, and third string quarterback. I mean, Florida, their offense has not been better than Florida State. So that was a crazy thing to me that Michigan's the number one seed. Florida State doesn't make it. And I don't think they're, I think Michigan would beat Florida State. I don't think their resumes are that different. But this Do just you highlights. Think beat Florida State if Florida State was playing without Jordan Travis? Playing, you mean playing with them? Like if Tate Rodemaker think... was Florida State's starting quarterback, if take, take Alabama out a four and put right. Florida State in, and Michigan has to play Florida State. At a neutral site, and Michigan and Florida State is playing Tate Rotomaker. Do you think Florida State beats Michigan with a month? With a month, they got a, yes. they got a chance. I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I want you put that kid in an offense and for a practice with for a month. I would for even do Brock Glenn would give him give him a chance. That's a five star kid they got. I mean, he looked awful at the ACC championship game with three days notice. But yeah, I think with a month. They got and a why shot. are we that pretending Florida State's defense hasn't been elite because they, they have been, been and yeah. Michigan, as much as everyone is big on Michigan right now, their offense has been 
very underwhelming in the second half of the season. So to see that offense play the dominant Florida State defense that they've had, I'm like, y'all screwed us for the safety of not having bad games. And I don't, I'm not convinced Florida State would have given us a bad game. Yeah, I mean that just highlights how impossible that task was for the committee. I mean, there there are seven teams that you legitimately could have had in there. Look, Georgia fans and Ohio State fans really aren't that upset, and I mean, in my mind, they have they would have had a legitimate chance to win the national championship, and they're out. Um, Are they just shrouded because of all the hubbub over Florida State? All the talking heads are talking about Florida State, so maybe it's. Another thing that we like haven't really touched on, and then we can move on. I'm sorry, but I thought the other thing that annoys me about the committee is it was almost like, well, Florida State, we'll put you at five, like you almost got in. But if the Jordan Travis injury was that extreme, and you were punishing Florida State for that, you can't tell me that you think Florida State is a better team than Georgia. There is no way to justify. I know that you're sitting there going like they're going to play each other anyway, but that's a load of bull. Like You you can't. You can't no. justify putting it between Alabama and Georgia. That that no. makes no sense. <laughs> no way. No, no right. one's yeah. here to hear our football X's and O's talk, though. Boy, <laughs> this is the most we've ever gotten into it in 54 hours. I know. I'm My so brain hurts. Happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Joy is beaming right now. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not talking about penises and butts yet. So, you know, let, let, let my sweet spot. <laughs> I haven't felt uncomfortable yet. <laughs> right. All right. Let's see if we can get you there. So, <laughs> Next up, we have our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from friend of the podcast, Twitter user at FSU two times, who asks, you have to make a drive from Florida to California in a Ford Escort, and you have to take three <laughs> Twitter users as travel mates. From each of your followers list, who are you taking? So, Casey, who are you going to do the cross-country trip with? FSU two times? I've been to Tallahassee a few times for Clemson versus Tal- Florida State. Uh, football games and baseball games and my twitter name would be fsu 12 times because i'd never want to leave the scenery down there at florida state oh and mbg are we doing a pity party today using one of the finest fsu fans out there and follows on twitter because of recent events i've heard about on the periphery (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) anyway you all know i can't just answer this dang question quickly but i like this question especially around thanksgiving and the holidays where we're spending time with those we love or can tolerate after 12 or 13 mixed drinks or diet cokes but seriously in a car three followers first off i want to thank all 1001 followers as of this recording you're giving me ample choices here and i like my choices um all right i've talked too long already uh three followers first off i'm kissing up to the boss but mbg would be amazing the stories he's already told on this show and off the air as well as numerous are are numerous and tremendous so mbg would definitely be one and man this is tough because i love all my people i would say five foot nothing pod but he talks too much about notre dame and no one needs that torture so he's out (laughs) Uh, number two, I'm going Chris Marler, former guest on the show. He's just funny. He makes me laugh just by talking. I've never been more dressed down by someone ever <laughs> and still thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So out of the car within like five <laughs> I like to laugh, and Marler would definitely be on it. I just want him to tell the story about him getting shot again. So uh, I think everyone knows my, my third and obvious choice. I can't believe he follows me, but Coach Letterman of three-year Letterman fame. Between he and MBG, the stories would be epic. And, of course, Marler, too. It's a lot of sausage in the car, but that way my <laughs> wife would let me actually go on the road trip. I have <laughs> tremendous female followers and love you all. But where are we going, by the way? Did FSU nine times say? Hopefully it's Depot Brady's on Ehrlich in Tampa. Yeah, cross country, baby. You're going from Florida uh, to California. And good thing about having a three-year letterman on is he's got vast knowledge of Ford cars. So that's true. You know, you're in a Ford Escort. So you, know, you would know all the bells good. and whistles. It can't be that different from the Taurus, right? So you should be in good shape. He knows, he knows all about their inventor, Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I would need his 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 CD changer in the back, though. That's right. <laughs> One of those 20-disc CD changers that you put in the trunk. That's it. All right, Joy. Who are you taking? Okay, well, Casey stole one of mine because I would also take Coach. And I think he would probably rather be in the car with, I am going to have two females. So I think he'd rather, he'd choose my car any day of the week anyway. And one of those females would without a doubt be my UGA girl, Ashley Anderson. 
I have never had someone come to my defense the way that she does. She is a literal ride or die. So as nervous as I would be about going on a cross-country road trip by myself as a female, I don't think based on three-year letterman and coach's short, short stature, I don't know that he could really defend me, but Ashley could. And so <laughs> I know Ashley will throw hands. Ashley will throw hands. She will go to war. So I would take Ashley with me. And then ironically, my favorite follow that I've ever received on Twitter was actually from Whataburger. So I would take whoever that is. Whataburger? Whataburger. They follow me. And just for the strategic fact that I could stop at Whataburgers along the way, because they do actually exist outside of the state of Texas. And I would save so much money on road trip food. So I just feel like that's a really genius thing to do. So yeah, I'm taking Coach, Ashley, and Whataburger. And, you know, coach can just be entertained by me and Ashley the whole time. I know we're not blonde, but he's short. So it's give and take here. <laughs> All right, MBG, who are you riding with? Well, I didn't read the question close. So when I put some thought into it, I didn't realize that it had to be follow people that follow us. So my original thought was I wanted to put Paul Feinbaum and Jim Harbaugh in the car along with Wayne <laughs> Kiffin. But if it has to be people to follow us, I would say just for story time, I would do Scott Van Pelt, Rich Eisen, and probably Nicole Auerbach. I think if you put those three in there, you would have wow. uh, plenty of stories to hear. That's a solid follower list right there. Yeah, that was a humble brag. That like was a wonderful brag. Just I mean, flex on all of us. I mean, Casey's like, have like seven million followers. followers. You know, yeah. I just ride with them. Yeah, I, Casey's uh, over here like, thank you so much for the thousand people that follow me. And MVP's yeah. like, yeah, watch this. I got a thousand followers on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that was my. That was not my intent. I was oh, going we on, know. We know. I was, oh, I was going on the fly because I misread the question. But uh, Paul Feynman did follow me for a brief moment in time. The it greatest, counts. the greatest five minutes in the history of Twitter. <laughs> but more than but, once, right? Didn't he yeah, follow, twice, unfollow, yeah. follow, unfollow? <laughs> yeah. That Let's feels on brand for Feynman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a tough one. I have a lot of great friends on Twitter who are women, but they're all in like their late twenties, thirties. Like it, it, they're not going on a cross country trip with some middle aged dude. That would just be weird. But least want to give a shout out emily kara maggie ashley courtney they're all awesome all of these super fun hangs i can't use three-year letterman he's already been used twice but obviously that would just be epic to have him on a cross-country trip so i'm going with three guys who i think would be super fun two of them are uva guys so chris long obviously creator host of the green light podcast my favorite podcast nate collins another uva guy also on that podcast and then cowboy reed who's the producer for the Greenlight Podcast. I think those three would be super fun. Cowboy Reed is cool as hell, and Chris and Nate are both UVA football legends. Lots of good stories. Uh, also, I'd have hours and hours in the car with them to convince them that uh, the Greenlight umbrella needs a college football podcast under it. So, you know, I would basically just be hitting them up the entire time. And then also, if you've ever listened to their podcast, I, I won't go into detail, but I'd just say the trip will be super fun. Uh, so... Those those would be my three picks. Good picks. Brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference. Someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, I got back in the winner's column. My nominee, Sports Illustrated, got 46% of the vote. Followed by Casey's nominee, the Pop-Tart Bowl organizers, with 36%. Joy's nominee, Oklahoma Football, came in third with 13%. And MBG's nominee, Kenneth Come and Go Kelly, came in fourth with 5% of the vote. So now I've got 17 wins. Casey and Joy have 10 each. Courtney has one. MBG has zero. MBG, you're now 0 and 38. These are getting, I know I say it every week, man. I, I, I had to do a lot of Googling for this one. So for reference, the Fairfield High School Falcons of Sacramento, California, lost 38 straight games before snapping their losing streak with a 49-0 win over Cordova High School to start this season. Uh, that ended the second longest streak in conference history. So they broke that with a huge 49-0 win. So once again, MBG, you're in fine company. So, Casey, 
Who are you going with this week? I'm sure you've heard, but Nick Saban's phone number was leaked this weekend. So before I get too into the weeds, the person who leaked Nick Saban's phone number online is my genius of the week. Gone are the days where we find out where opposing teams are staying and pull the fire alarm or call random rooms at all hours of the night to keep players up all night. Nope. We're going to get Coach Saban's phone number and call him during the day spewing hatred towards a man that has zero to do with Florida State not getting into the playoff. <laughs> Fan, short for fanatic, but I'm pretty sure is also part of the definition. This is just absurd that this happened, and I cannot help to think that some yokel panhandle Floridian thought it was a great idea to actually use the number to call. For what? So you can walk into your day job at the local Hoggly Woggly and tell the deli manager that you called Nick Saban? Cool, bro. For that, the person that leaked Nick Saban's phone number online is my genius of the week. Casey, you've got to figure out now how to get that to fit on a Twitter poll. So that's your <laughs> homework for the next two days. I think Saban it's 25 characters. <laughs> Saban number leaker. I like yokel. That word's not used often enough, Casey. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. Well, and I love, I lived in Florida for 15 years. Like, I love Florida, but I just had to go in on Florida State a little bit because nobody else is this week. Right. All right. So, Joy, who are you going with this week? I feel like I should do the Florida State fan base a favor. So, my genius of the week is going to be the College Football Playoff Committee. Not so much for the four teams that they put in. Like I've already said, I think that they pick the four right teams as much as we can all hate it. But I think for me, it's giving them – it's just their lack of ability to be consistent and their ability to completely and totally gaslight the rest of the country into believing that they actually pick the best four teams when in all actuality that was really just used so you could keep Florida State out. Florida State fans are pissed at them. And then, you know, honestly, I think some Alabama fans are like, what the hell did you do this to us for? Like, we just played a game and now all Florida State's mad at us. Right. So the college football playoff committee just as a whole really ruined a bunch of people's lives this week. And so for that, they are my genius of the week. That's going to be a winner, I think, unless MBG. Is this the week? You bring in the heat? Well, I think so. <laughs> so I don't know. If any of you are ever in the need of a criminal defense attorney in Ohio, sometime after 2025, I've got the man for you. Um, or if anybody ever needs a referral for a criminal defense attorney in uh, Ohio. It's got to be, I think, sometime after 2025, though, because I'm going to tell you why. The Ohio Supreme Court suspended an attorney who defecated into a Pringles potato chip can and then tossed it into a parking lot of a crime victim advocacy center. Criminal defense attorney Jack A. Blakesley's conduct was called into question his fitness to practice law, the court decided. Blakesley's defense? He said he didn't target anyone but had a habit of putting his feces in Pringles cans and randomly throwing them from his car. He claimed he pulled the Pringles prank at least 10 times that year, but the court didn't buy it and said Blakesley purposely chose the haven of hope in Cambridge, Ohio as his quote-unquote drop zone. Surveillance video captured the incident in November 2021. Blakesley had known the victim advocates at the center for years and was scheduled to see them in court 15 minutes after the Pringles deposit. At the time, Blakesley was representing someone who had been accused in a capital murder case. Apparently, Mr. Blakesley was suspended from practicing law for one year as a result of taking a dump in a Pringles can and throwing it at the victim's advocates. So... He seems like a fine attorney, um, but he's not going to be available for at least a year to help you out. So in a year from now, if you need criminal defense work in Ohio, call my guy Jack A. Blakesley. He comes highly recommended. Anytime a prospective client Googles his name, <laughs> that's what's coming up. And I had questions that, I mean, the, the article sounds like it covered a lot, but was he pooping in the Pringles can in his car or was he like doing it at home and then carrying it out to, was it clear like how the prank that like, it did not say that in um, just in logistics. Yeah, I, I was know. curious. Yeah. But I mean, you know, one of your number one duty as an attorney is to zealously represent your client. And I mean, there's different ways of doing that. And Mr. Blakesley's got his own ways of doing it. Uh, who am I to say that's not effective? I mean, by the way, I laughed at you saying duty. Just so you know. 
All right. So I'm, I'm going uh, a little off the beaten path. I'm going to basketball. So my genius of the week is Louisville head coach, Kenny Payne last season in their first year under Payne, Louisville went four and 28, including two and 18 in the ACC. Uh, this year has been a little better on the court. They're off to a four and four start. However, weird things keep happening earlier this year. There was an unconfirmed rumor that Kenny Payne got into a fist fight with one of his players. I don't know if you all saw that. It never actually got confirmed by any real news sources, but that was floating around out there. And then last week during his post-game press conference after Louisville knocked off uh, Bellarmine, uh, I think that's how you say it, Payne completely unprompted told the media that guard Ty Lar Johnson wasn't sure he wanted to play in the first half of the game because Louisville didn't have the tights he wanted. But then, quote, this is a direct quote from the coach, in the second half, he accepted the fact that we didn't have the kind of tights that we'd never had for him, and he played well. Uh, my favorite part about this is that Payne prefaced the story by saying, are you ready for this? I probably shouldn't tell you this. So he, you know, he went through the thought process of, this is something I shouldn't share with the media. What the hell, I'm going to share it anyway. My favorite quote tweet from this was, Someone who said Kenny Payne would tell a cop he had a pound of coke and a dead prostitute in his trunk after getting pulled over for a speeding ticket, which I, which I thought was hilarious. So for going against his better judgment and further confirming that Louisville basketball is still a show, Kenny Payne is my genius of the week. That's a man who knows he's getting fired. <laughs> he does not care at all. No. <laughs> All right, before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. Their week 14 review dropped today with an episode titled An Apology on Behalf of Committees. During the episode, the Sickos welcomed Catherine Riley from The Athletic to break down conference championship week and talk about the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. Their Week 14 review dropped last week with an episode titled Stop the Playoff Steal. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. This week's guest is a senior editor at The Athletic. He co-hosts the Vacation Bible School podcast, as well as our favorite college football pod, The Shutdown Fullcast. He also wrote a book, Hell is a World Without You, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop, and other outlets. Welcome to the show, Jason Kirk. Welcome, Jason. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me, y'all. Excited to be here with the um, anthropologists of the college football <laughs> internet, the, uh, <laughs> the ombudsman. So, yeah, you guys, do, you guys do a very important service that, uh, I, honestly, I don't know how we went this long without it. So I'm, I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you started it up. <laughs> Yeah. Never heard it uh, described that way. It's, We're going like to need it. you to market that for. Uh, <laughs> it's for yeah, it out. Yeah, that'll be our testimonial for the podcast. There you um, go. Yeah. I, I like that word. All right, <laughs> so uh, Jason, we wanted to start off by asking about your book. I've seen all the testimonials. It sounds amazing. I ordered my copy on Amazon today. Just you want to tell us what it's all about? So it is a uh, coming of age novel um, about growing up within evangelicalism. In the early 2000s, um, which might sound like very micro-targeted towards some people, uh, the answer is yes. Um, anyone who grew up within that world, you, I guarantee, will see things that you have never seen in a novel before, and you will think, oh, right, I remember that from uh, 10th grade. I hadn't thought about that since then. <laughs> um, and, you know, anyone who didn't uh, spend any time in that world, I guarantee you will understand it and your neighbors far better than you ever had before. So <laughs> uh, people say, is it for me? Uh, uh, the answer is yes, you know, for one reason or the other, I think. Well, I saw super bad referenced in one of the testimonials so that I was in immediately after that. So that <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sense of humor, I would say, is very full cast. Uh, and I've, I've, I think I described it as like full casting in for better or worse. Um, but you know, it has a lot of sincerity, uh, has a lot of theology. It has a lot, it has some romance. Like it's got a little bit of everything, but if, if, if what you want is a funny book, it, it's funny that it, it hits that, it hits that much. I can tell you. 
So I have, I have a kind of a random question. I'm always interested in people's processes for doing things. And I was just wondering in writing the book, if you had a process that you followed or if you're just kind of figuring it out as you went along. So they say basically there's two different um, overall approaches. There's like the people who sketch out a, uh, who, who script a drive, so to speak, right? Who have a detailed game plan um, and like sketch out, we're going to do this in this chapter and then that and that chapter and that and that chapter. And we want to end it up here. Um, then there's the people who just clock in every day, start writing and see where it goes. Um, I didn't do either of those. <laughs> I kind of wrote it backward. <laughs> like I had the ending and I built toward it. Um, and I like chapters just filled in at random when it was basically like, you know, there should really be a chapter at a hell house, um, which is a, an evangelical haunted house. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there, there definitely needs to be a chapter about paintball. Cause like, I don't know how in the world you tell a story about teenagers without a paintball chapter, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I wrote it pretty sporadically and then, um, just, I spent, you know, just years rewriting everything over and over and over and over. But yeah, that was, that was pretty much the process. And then it was like, um, there was a lot of like filling in details, uh, with, you know, I had most of them from <laughs> memories and whatever, but, um, from talking to people who grew up like me, um, and from like going back and reading old issues of like, uh, evangelical magazines from around the time, like what were we really talking about in the year, you know, 2002, um, so, yeah, so, like, honestly, there's more research than I expected there to be. Like, you think of, like, nonfiction as research-heavy, and you don't think of writing a book about, like, you know, a world that you were in as requiring research. But, yeah, there, there was hours and hours and hours of researching. Like, there, there was one where it's, you know, it's literally, like, I want an accurate Taco Bell menu item in this scene, you know? And you, you got to come correct with something like that. Who doesn't? It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like the Santa Fe Gordita was out for a limited time at that exact moment in history. So it, this is an accurate Taco Bell menu. That much I promise. That is, I would have checked you on that one, Jason. Right? You know? The important stuff to Casey. <laughs> so how much of that was is based on true actual events? There is um, way too much. I'll put it that way. <laughs> way, 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 way too much. Um, everything is, I won't say like everything in there is um, autobiographical. Certainly not like, um, like there are bits of my experiences within all the characters, um, not just the protagonist. Um, and like, you know, me and the protagonist are very different in some key ways, but everything in there is true like whether it you know whether a version of it happened to me or it happened to someone i know or someone i've talked to or whatever the details in there that are completely invented are just very scant <laughs> my question is just gonna be real simple this is a real simple one leading up to my not so simple one later but how did it feel when you were done uh it's kind of weird because it's like when are you really ever done it's this weird thing where it's like we're, we, you know, there's a sense of like, this is the book's first draft and this is going out to readers, right? Like, the, so the first time I send it out to readers, it was like, that's the first draft. It's like, no, that was like the thousandth draft, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I sent it around to another group of readers, you know, six months or whatever later. And it was like, that was not the second draft. I've changed it night and day for the past year, you know? Um, and the really, really funny part about this project is since I listed it for pre-orders, I had this sense of like, all right, well, I'm going to read through it one last time and then that'll be the final version. And then, you know, Amazon decided, well, actually, uh, I think uh, I think some people just get an early peek. And uh, so Amazon's <laughs> just been shipping it whenever it wants. Um, luckily, I would say it's 99.99999% done. Um, there's, you know, there is a typo in Chapter 2 in the version some people have that'll bother me forever, but I can't do anything about it. So, <laughs> so, I'm gonna so have like, a how does it feel to finish? I'm, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's out there, but is it finished? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say my copy's coming next week, so my copy's done. I'm yeah, sure. I think yours yours <laughs> should be good because I uploaded a, a new file a couple days ago, so that the typo's gone. That much I can tell you. And uh, do you want to talk about what you're doing with the proceeds for the pre-order? Because I thought this was really cool. Yes. Um, so it's coming out February 12th, and regardless of what gets shipped when, um, all book money that comes to me by that point will be going to the Trevor Project. Basically, you know, for a long list of reasons, one being that, like, people who were raised like me have made life hell for LGBTQ people, um, many of whom were also raised like me. And um, 
yeah, it's it's a book for everyone, but it's also a book that like I want to do when I wanted to do some like physical, tangible benefit beyond just like, oh, these words made me feel things or think things or whatever. Like I you know, like doing the project benefited me in a way where it's like I don't need anything more from this. You know, I don't really like need money from this. Um, so that money should benefit someone else. Um and That's yeah, whichever cool. project it is. And that was, you know, it just, it always felt like the obvious choice. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Right. And I know that this is a hard right turn from something meaningful and sincere into the nonsense that we talk about, but, <laughs> but everyone go out and buy a copy. I'm pretty used to that. I'm pretty used to right? that. <laughs> You'll do that every episode of your pod, right? So. <laughs> All right. So uh, before we get to the message board posts, uh, when we have a guest on, we usually go around. We thought we'd just each ask you a question and just uh, let you cook. Does that work? Sure. <laughs> All right. So strap in. Casey's up first. <laughs> All right, Jason. We, again, are so excited to have you. And, and on behalf of MBG, I want to apologize that you're coming on after Holly and Spencer because I wanted you before that. I know they're your friends and colleagues at the Shutdown Podcast, but one of my absolute favorite podcasts out there. And even though you guys are head and shoulders smarter than me, and I hope one day I can get there, but I digress <laughs> as, as usual. I... I personally cannot wait to get my hands on the book. Hell is a world without you available wherever you buy your books out there. But I'm sure Amazon's going to take way more of a cut than they should. But again, so so make sure to listen to Jason's recommendation on where to buy it. You've been everywhere. The Athletic, SB Nation, Vox, Slate, USA Today's for the win, Atlanta Magazine. You wrote for AtlantaFalcons.com, on and on and on. Appearances on Lebitard, my personal favorite show. And I'm the long-winded one again if you couldn't tell but the uh, list of your bona fides is even too long-winded for me i'm in awe of folks like you who literally have such drive and just go out there and get it and, and do it well and now we, here we are with the new book we've got friends in common as i told you pre-show with lawrence skip long and don povia who hopefully will be gracing us here on the show i checked your linkedin so you may not know don but uh my question to you is how do i get to be on this <laughs> <laughs> on this marketing thing for the new book and testimonials so that I can say things like that was great or I laughed I cried it was better than cats I feel like I could be a benefit to this game so yeah thanks uh, in advance. yeah send one in yeah and we'll uh <laughs> <laughs> I got a connection now is that what you're saying <laughs> the um the book testimonial thing is really funny because like it's described by like when you look up like how to find testimonials for a book or whatever you find all these articles that are like oh it's so awkward it's so you know it's so uncomfortable asking people for help and all this stuff and like i don't know like I, maybe it's part of coming up in like blog world or something where it's like i'm used to being an imposter i'm used to just asking for things and you know i don't care if you think i'm deserve it or not if you worst you can say is no like i don't know <laughs> there's like this sense of shamelessness to growing up in blog world where it's like yeah, I know. I know I don't deserve praise from <laughs> Brian Phillips. Like, what's he going to do? Shoot me down? Of course I don't. And then he says yes. And I'm like, oh, holy <laughs> weird. Cool. <laughs> and like, That's then it awesome. turns out Brian Phillips grew up evangelical as well. I'm like, oh, awesome. I did this always like wonder how it happened. Out, but... I was gonna, it's like me reaching out to you to see if you want to come on the pod. Because I'm like, the worst that can happen is he says no. So oh, who's will, if there's anything I will give who's credit for it, who's will shoot his shot. He is I, I am shameless about this. <laughs> I am not above you guys at all. We are, we are, uh, it's all college football internet in here. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. And thank you for being right, a good Joy. sport there. Joy, okay, I'm have? actually going to talk about college football. You went to Kennesaw state. I, live two exits up from Kennesaw State. I work on the, I work off Chastain. I know Kennesaw State very well, but I don't know Kennesaw State sports very well. And I know that they are joining Conference USA next year. And I was wondering, like you obviously went to school there, you know about their athletic programs. Do you think that's a good move? Do you think it's not a good move? Do you think they'll do well? Like, what are your thoughts on all that? Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a it's it's a pretty complex thing. Like when they first announced the the um, FBS move, I was like, oh boy, I, I kind of like you know living in FCS and just winning every game by forty points, and no one ever thinks about us or talks about us. It's awesome. Just look at the score. Oh, we won, great. You know, I don't feel bad about anything ever. And then we like maybe win a playoff game, and then we lose to a Dakota, and that's it. That's that's a perfect season, eleven and two every single year. <laughs> um, and then now now we're gonna move up, and now our ambition is to maybe go um, maybe six and six and sneak into a um, 
wherever the Boca, Boca Raton Bowl moves, you know. So, yeah, things are different. But, um, I mean, I don't know. It's Overall, it's very cool. Like, I went there right before the football program's announcement. Actually, one of my very first, like, um, journalism maneuvers was the day they announced football, um, the formation of the program with Vince Dooley, former Georgia coach. Um, and, like, he did the announcement. I remember I asked him some question that uh, – got picked up or whatever. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, oh, weird. I'm, I'm like a, I'm reporting on my own moderating football. And then, you know, within a few months I was working at SB Nation. So it's sort of like linked their program and me like being a professional internet person. Um, but yeah, the time when I, when I was there, it was like completely invisible, the Owls athletic program. And that was with a Division Two basketball national title. Some MLB players came through. Um, I think like some pro golfers and tennis players and so forth. There's probably a WWE wrestler. <laughs> there is. There is one now. The uh, one of the one of like minor league WWE champs <laughs> played football nice. for the Owls uh, over the past few years. He was a fullback. Um, but uh, yeah, over the over the past decade, it's definitely it's definitely changed. Like you see more owl stuff around atlanta um and you know with the march madness run last year almost everyone's heard of the school at this point charles barkley said her name that was pretty cool um charles barkley said we should have won in march madness which is very true (laughs) he was right uh but yeah on the whole you know it's it's yeah i get it i get i get i get why athletic departments are are good to have because then people hear of your school <laughs> you know, and you don't have to explain where you went to school. Like that was always the thing like 10 years ago. I went to Kennesaw State. Where's that? You know, now people, Oh, that's like Atlanta ish. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Right. <laughs> you think it'll breed any message boards now? You think maybe you can start a message board for Kennesaw State? I, how about this? I will start one and I will say the craziest I can think of. And I will like tag you guys. So you can just, I'll just cut, cut out the middleman. You only have to look for it. <laughs> perfect. Just the way we like it. I like it. So, Jason, as a Virginia fan, I want to welcome you to the hoping for six and six and a lower tier bowl club. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, my question uh, relates back to this past weekend. On Sunday, there were some amazing college football tweets going around, uh, but you had my favorite one. So, obviously, a lot of it was playoff related, but you had a tweet. And I realized how difficult it is to convey a tweet orally, but I'll give it a shot here. So, basically, you tweeted. January 6th with the handshake emoji, New Year's 6th, and then Liberty University underneath, which I personally love, not only because it's a shot at Liberty and I'm having a little trouble coping with being the fourth best football team in Virginia. So that's mm. that's maybe part of it. Last time I looked, I had 1.3 million impressions. As mm. someone who's never had a viral tweet, I was curious, do you mute your notifications <laughs> or are you like me? Because I would just keep checking the responses to read about people telling me how awesome my tweet was. So I didn't, I didn't know which of those camps you fell into. That was one where you just sort of know, like, oh, boy, I'm going to mute this one fast, you know. <laughs> I think I dropped off, like, a promo meme underneath it and then muted it. Like, all right, all right, y'all got this. Um, especially because, like, uh, <laughs> like, if you do it, it's like, you know, a viral tweet that's like, I don't know, making fun of Aaron Rodgers or whatever. You know, it's just like, and it's just like sports jokes in the replies. That's one thing because it's like, oh, gosh, this is going to tie up my phone for the next day. When you do one that's also just a little bit politically loaded, then there's like this whole other incentive to mute it. Because like and like, you know, I've, I've had tweets before that have um, drawn the ire of Jerry Falwell Senior University, um, <laughs> such as when uh, Kennesaw State defeated Liberty in the Conference USA Championship. Oh, yeah. My goodness, I, I have never gotten more threats than uh, after my response to that game. So, wow. Me and Liberty fans, we have a little bit of a history, so I was like, I'm muting this one before they show up. <laughs> I, I learned that early on when I did a I did a post about Jimbo Fisher, someone saying that maybe the COVID vaccine had caused him to go a little bit crazy. <laughs> And that was pretty much the last uh, political tweet that I ever dared tweet out was that one. (laughs) So I can only imagine what your, what your responses were like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a a quick, a quick mute, a quick mute finger is a a valuable tool. (laughs) So you are, you already mentioned that, I mean, it sounds like you don't venture onto the Kennesaw state message boards, um, but (laughs) I'm curious as as a college football media 
personality if that's if that's a world that you monitor very closely the message boards not anymore back in the day <laughs> i mean like the legendary ones indie nation and tiger droppings and um the uh the mississippi state one um oh, arkansas hogville like yeah the legendary ones we would definitely always take a look at and then there was the era where um this week in schadenfreude which we did at which i think brian Cook did it at Inga blog and then he brought it to SB Nation and eventually Alex Kirshner took it over. Which like I sort of view that as like a you know, you guys are kind of in the lineage of that, right? Um mm -hmm. there was a lot of message board digging <laughs> in the twenty tens for those TWIS posts. Um the it was always this thing where they're all pretty good, but we're all just waiting for Ohio State to lose. That was the sense every <laughs> single year. <laughs> where it's like yeah, these Oklahoma State fans are mad. Yeah, these Virginia Tech fans are mad. Miami fans are pretty. Oh, they're they're pretty noticeably mad. And then it's like <laughs> Godzilla on the horizon. <laughs> and oh my God, Ohio State is down in the fourth quarter. Here come the posts. The you know, <laughs> big boss is here. It's time. Everyone back out. I, I swear, every year we did an Ohio State only edition, and not just because like. The MGO blog founder wrote it half the time. It was like, this is merited. They they have the microphone. Everyone else clear out. There's no one crazier than Ohio State fans. I always heard that. And then were you around for what I think is probably the most infamous message board post of all time was the one about whether or not Tua could speak English? Yes. Yeah, which it was like, is this a joke? This is a joke, right? Yeah, I, I remember the, it, it dropped in like the summer and it was like an entire day of debate about like, they, they're just kidding, right? We <laughs> wrestle with that question all the time. Right? There are many interpretations. Yeah, I bet y'all do. Yeah. I, Every I, I, week. So do you find like people um, ever like trying to get the spotlight, like clearly, clearly angling for the tweet? Sometimes, like sometimes people will DM me their own message board posts. <laughs> Does that ever work? No, I'll, no, never. There are some that I know, for example, that I know that they're probably satire, but they're just so funny um, that regardless, um, I'll tweet them out because they're still funny, um, even though that I know they're not not serious. And then, you know, some people still take them as serious, but, um, you know, serious or not, they're always still funny. But I try my best to weed them out. But some of the best ones are ones where you just can't tell. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one of those that I think we'll get to here in a minute that I can't quite tell. <laughs> when we get to it, I'll get your opinion on it. <laughs> We'll, we'll see your power of discernment. Uh, mm, that's a good word. That's a good word. I don't even know what it means. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. Yeah. You, you, you will as soon as you read the book. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're probably right. All right. On that note, let's get to some posts. We always start out this message board segment with the best meltdown of the week, which typically comes from somebody losing. And there really wasn't many good ones. I expected Georgia fans to melt down more than they did. They were a little bit disappointing um, in terms of, you know, they kind of accepted that loss uh, better than I thought they would. But thanks to the playoff uh, committee on Sunday, we got a really nice meltdown from the Florida State fans. So when this broke Sunday morning, they went nuts. So I'm going to read to you a few different posts of ideas that they had after and some maybe ideas that they had and you tell me which which is the best the best idea for florida state fans I'll try to go through them quickly so the first one was on Knowles 247 there was a poster who tweeted out all of the email addresses for the selection committee members and then one of his buddies chimes in and says what about addresses asking for a friend <laughs> then the next guy jumps in and he says yeah I need home addresses, kids and schools their kids go to, wives' places of work, etc. It's a school project. Then over on Warchant, uh, some guy jumps in and uh, says, I don't advocate bodily harm, but I certainly advocate doing anything and everything possible to ruin a professional career. At the very least, they deserve that. Karma is a... And karma needs to ruin their professional careers. Then they go on, and for some reason, they're upset at Kirk Herbstreet. 
which I don't, I, I still don't really understand. And they want to ban Kirk from dope. And another guy says, getting the opportunity to tune his arse up would be worth every second I spent in the Leon County pokey. Um, <laughs> so those are the initial reactions. Then they kind of cool down a little bit. One guy wants to boycott the bull, the orange bull. The next guy, I don't quite understand this one. He wants to buy a section at the Michigan game and send the marching chiefs to troll Michigan. Just Michigan, <laughs> not Michigan. They game. play that song all yeah. game long. So that's what yeah, they're yeah. doing. And then this was on a Michigan board who this guy's saying he's hearing from FSU fans that <laughs> the federal government is going to get involved um, and that Florida, Florida State is prepared to work with Congress slash the executive branch and courts, <laughs> supposedly. That's how you know then, it's dire. Florida State fans are willing to work with Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Then they want one guy wants to leave the ACC. That actually was a fairly common thing. Some guy wants to just go fourteen and zero and proclaim themselves national champions. And then this last guy says, "Let's go to the Orange Bowl and just take a knee on every snap because that'll that'll really teach them." Um, so my question then, Jason, is which of these is probably the best route for Florida State to go to get the remedy in which they seek? Yeah. So the various ones that have them going to jail, let's 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 write all those ideas down and let's set them to the side. Okay. Uh, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna rule out all the ideas that would um, get them sent to jail for the rest of their lives. We're just gonna set them to the side while we consider the others. Um, <laughs> I think beating Georgia and claiming a national championship i think that is a great idea i think you should do that uh i think that is in line with college football history um i think it's completely fair uh i think you take back all the jokes you made about 2017 ucf doing that but you go ahead and do it yourself um because if no one beats you hang a banner that goes regardless, and it goes even more so if you beat LSU, Florida, and Georgia from the conference that is allegedly so good. Uh, you know, a team can make it despite losing uh, losing a game. Um, so let, let's let's rank that number one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, leaving the ACC. They've been talking about this for almost the entire time they've been in the ACC. So like. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do it or don't. I don't know. <laughs> right. At this point, just stop talking about it. Yeah. Right. Well, like, where are you going to go? The SEC? Like, <laughs> are, are you, do you think they'd let you in? Because apparently you're, you know, not good enough to make the playoff. Like, with a 13-0 <laughs> record, it doesn't seem like the SEC would want. Um, <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah, FSU got screwed here. So I'm, I'm trying to work with them. Um, but claiming a title is definitely number one. Uh, the, the thing about, like, show up to the Orange Bowl and just ruin it, just, like, wipe your ass with it and, you know, take a false start or take a delay of game every snap. I've seen that, like, kind of a lot, which is amazing. It's <laughs> it's really the power of the human mind that, like, we're going to ruin ESPN's product. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, I don't I – don't, it, I mean, it would be a pretty fascinating. It's something I've never seen before. Like we like seeing things in college football we've never seen before, and that would certainly be it. Um, so let's go with uh, let's 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 go with beat Georgia, um, number one. <laughs> Stand and look at Georgia, number two. <laughs> number three, and then oh man, we don't have room for all the crimes. The federal so. oh yeah, well, the fed, there's <laughs> always the... with the federal government uh, for the LOLs. Let's put that number two. <laughs> that seems... All the crimes at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida man is a thing. So it's funny you say that. The best response I saw, this is to one of the threats of violence. Somebody just wrote totally normal night on Florida internet, which I thought was good. <laughs> <laughs> so on a serious note, I gather that you feel like Florida State got screwed a little bit. Would you have put them in over Alabama? Oh yeah. Yeah. Zero hesitation. Yeah. I was um I was very confident that uh, that FSU was going to make it, um, which was partially inflated by years of the committee uh, getting it right almost every time. Um, my only complaint I've ever really had with them is leaving out UCF, but they gave UCF a perfect um, compromise, I guess, by letting them play Auburn, beat Auburn, and you have a transitive win over the national champion guaranteed. So that was perfect too. So like I've, I've been completely fine with all of their top four moves. So I had confidence that they would get it right again. And 
Instead, they changed the rules by, like... So, like, the first nine years of this committee, it was most deserving, but they called it best. It was the four most deserving teams, and then they said these are the, quote, fingers best teams. But everyone <coughs> knew they were actually the most deserving teams. Then for this year, they said, oh, that thing we said 10 years ago about best team, we finally mean it now. <laughs> we don't mean most deserving this time, right? And, it, like, Spencer today, recording the full cast, called it a rug pull. And, like, yeah. Like, yeah. They, I mean, they, it's, it's, it's this double thing where they finally went to, with the rule they said they were going to use, but it felt like changing the rules because... I mean, what you know what I mean? It was like reverting to the letter of the law that they never actually followed, which thus broke the spirit of the law. And like, what? Why? Why, why don't we just go back to bowl games? That was fine. <laughs> right. It was a mess, but it was fine. Everyone got to play. That's you know, everyone got a shot to one last shot to Im- impress the polls and whatever. It was fine. <laughs> I just think they knew they weren't setting a precedent because they're like, well, we can do that this year because next year mm-hmm. we'll have twelve teams. So if there's a year that we're actually going to like mean what we say, because I completely agree with you, let's do it this year. Like we can't next year. They're all the conference champions are automatically going to get in anyway. So if there's a year to just screw a team over, it's this one. We don't do a Christmas special here, but we might with the conspiracy (laughs) theories for the Florida. Oh my gosh. (laughs) conspiracy theories. Just that. Well, like, I like that it's the last year of the four-year thing, so uh, four-team thing. So, like, let's just express ourselves. This is our chance to really <laughs> get our art, get our artistic palette out and uh, just, let's try something. It's 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 our weird exactly. period. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to something where there, or at least uh, some sort of a vote where I know there will not be any controversy involved, which is the Heisman Trophy uh, winner. And this was the post that I was telling you about earlier, Jason, that I really can't tell if this is a serious post or not. This comes from our friends at Tiger Dropping. This might actually be joy. I'm not positive, but this <laughs> might have been joy. Um, if you're going to accuse me every time an LSU post comes up, I need you to keep track of these names so I can know who I am. Adam Banks. This Today is your pseudonym. Got it. Her pen name, Adam Banks. He says... He's worried about um, Jane Daniels not winning the Heisman. And he says, the pre- let's see, the, does the fact that Burrow doesn't live in the Heisman house come into play here? The previous winners have votes, and you know all the Pac-12 guys are lobbying at the Heisman house. Burrow isn't there to stand up for our guy. And then the next guy comes in. This, this, is, this is the money shot right here. And he comes in and he says, you know they don't really live in that house, right? <laughs> I think my favorite part of this is the vote totals. The the first one was downvoted to the tune of like five to eighty eight. <laughs> so I think there are five people who are like, I think this is a joke, <laughs> and no one else is willing. No one else wants to risk it, I guess. Or those five people were like, yeah. Why aren't they? Yeah, it's about the time house. someone said it. Yeah, <laughs> why don't they let I'm Joe in the Heisman house? <laughs> I like, I guess I didn't understand. Does he think that they're all just sitting around deciding who they would most prefer to live in the house with them? <laughs> like, who would be the coolest dude to let it live in the house? Yeah, Jaden seems like a cool hang. Let's let him in. Yeah, <laughs> Tebow's wrestling alligators on the front lawn. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, out of the, the most recent commercials, like a literal like lion got brought in, and they like made up like someone got mauled by a lion. I'm like, yeah, that's, Wolverine. That's all, Wolverine. I'm like, this is all really happening. Yeah, but they don't from, seem like they have a whole lot of time for like deliberating. They're never watching football, so <laughs> there's yeah. not a lot of democracy going on in the Heisman House. <laughs> they're all just but, working on. They're all just driving Nissans. Yes, must be <laughs> Nissans. But from a pure roommate perspective. Who would you vote in out of the four finalists? I mean, it would have to be Bo Nix, right? No? He's a pretty chill guy. Uh, this is a funny one because yeah. they're all old guys. Like they're, <laughs> like, yeah. they're all like as old as Lamar Jackson, right? right. <laughs> um, but Marvin probably because eh, his dad might show up. Um, not that I recall his name. Um, but, uh, it doesn't get talked about enough to be honest that's all <laughs> the three quarterbacks are uh they all seem like chill guys i i don't think you can go wrong in terms of a personality perspective 
um, if that's what you're basing it on as a Heisman House roommate. <laughs> <laughs> How about on the field? I mean, who's your pick? Is it Dan- Daniel? Seems like the clearly the best in terms of statistical resume. Yeah, I mean, Daniel's is like literally off the charts. Like, I don't think you can look at you know the highest passer rating ever, and he leads the country in average yards per rush. But like. Either of those could be enough to get it done, you know? Like, like earlier today, I edited something where, you know, I, I put in, like, arguably the best. It was the Pulse newsletter at The Athletic, where it's like we settled on arguably the best um, passing season ever. And, like, didn't want to sound biased because it's written by Chris Branch, an LSU fan. But I'm like, we don't really need the arguably there. <laughs> it's the best passing season ever. And he runs for, like, nine yards a carry. Um, yeah, I... I it's it's it it felt weird because this season felt like an actual Heisman race, you know, where for like two or three months it's like, wow, so many guys should be finalists. I hope there's like nine finalists, and I don't know who's gonna win. And then over the past few weeks, has just emerged that like, no, this is as no doubt as we've ever had, honestly. Like you know, Nick. So awesome. Michael Penix. Penix is awesome. Casey, I will drive to South Carolina and Casey. It's always a little invested in the uh, in the Heisman race. I just am. I think I, I, the for me, it's so clear because I'm sitting here going, if he's not our quarterback, mm-hmm. we maybe win three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, like he but, carried the entire team the entire season. Yeah, it's, since- it's just, like, has, the, has the Heisman Trust ever got this boat right? I mean, Deshaun didn't win. Trevor Lawrence didn't win. <laughs> and they were clearly the best players in the oh, country. Oh, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a theme there. There's a bias here on this well, side Joe of the Burrow was better than Trevor Lawrence. So. Hey, MBG, just to add an extra layer to whether this was uh, you know, a troll or not, there is a comment under this post where someone explained in the comments that Burrow can't live in the Heisman house because it's sponsored by Nissan and he has a deal with another manufacturer. So mm. someone, oh, someone in the comments, yeah, is actually <laughs> explaining why he doesn't live in the Heisman house, which I thought was perfect. <laughs> or tiger, tiger bait, tiger droppings, whichever long enough, you will get the real answers folks. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go back and find them. them. I don't want the real answer. (laughs) We'll never know. All right, let's talk about another non-controversial subject, which is the transfer portal. Um, And there was this post on the Notre Dame board. Um, This poster has a a strategy that he wants Notre Dame to implement in terms of um, its transfer portal policy. It says, add portal players who can play with reckless abandon. To win this game, you have to be bold and take chances. If you're going to blank foot around, you will lose and lose big time. <laughs> Robert E. Lee took chances that U.S. Grant did not have to take because the Union was fully fully stocked with troops and resources. If you lack, quote-unquote, material resources, take chances. If you are very well stocked, then maintain the status quo. So what do you think about the Robert E. Lee strategy for the transfer portal? First of all, I love the images. This one has 484 replies and two downvotes. <laughs> the score was negative two, but everyone had something to say. From um, a Notre from a Notre Dame, you think if this was in a sat, you know, a southern right, school, yeah. this would get to <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, there are uh, states in the South where if you see a Robert E. Lee comparison, you're like, oh, my God, close that tab. <laughs> if there's Notre Dame fans doing it, it's like, ah, now, now we have gawking at train wreck going on. Um, yeah, Robert E. Lee was like wildly overrated and um, inflated by myth and, uh, you know, won some things, you know, but it wasn't that big of a deal. There's a lot of statues of him that we don't really need anymore. I think he's perfect for Notre Dame. <laughs> It's about as relevant as Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I mean they both Sorry. they both won something in the um in a year with eight in it. So <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of their nineteen eighty nine the last title, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I didn't think I'd ever see on a Notre Dame message board was hey, let's be like Robert E. Lee. Um, but <laughs> I like that Notre was. Dame is a scrappy underdog with no resources too. Yeah, that that analogy yeah. holds, right? <laughs> we all feel so bad for you, yeah. <laughs> MBG, right. did you 
did you see real quick uh, Michael Jr.'s uh, quote tweet of this? No, I did yeah. not. Yeah, so he was on the show and he went to Notre Dame, obviously, and he quote tweeted this and just said, everything is fine. Why do you ask? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right, let's finish up with these posts from a Nebraska board that I found hilarious. So I tweeted one out back on November 24th. It was this post from this guy, SC Husker 44. He was not pleased with Marcus Satterfield. And so he, t- <laughs> he tweeted this out, not tweeted. He posted this on, on the board. It said, I'd rather watch my wife star in an adult film with the starting O-line for the 49ers before, wa- before I watch Sat call another game. So that was pretty funny in and of itself, I suppose. But his his wife apparently did not find it amusing because uh, a, couple, a couple days ago, apparently she got wind of this. So SC Husker 44 puts another post. He says, bad news. My wife found out about my little comment that went viral. Her exact words. If anybody finds out who we are and messages me about this bullcrap, I'll kill you. Pray for your boy. So I think there's a lesson to be learned here about what you post on message boards. I hope that I'm not the guy that got him in trouble, but I, I don't know. I feel like this is a uh, probably the entire theme of the whole um, of the whole enterprise here is be careful what you post on message boards. Right? It doesn't, the lesson doesn't seem to be sinking in. So we wouldn't be here with you tonight, you know. Have you ever gotten? Have you ever gotten in trouble with family or friends for something you tweeted out or posted online, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, there are lots of memories of members of my family with whom I disagree about a lot of things. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hence the book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for it all ties together. Itself, for instance. <laughs> That was one of my that was one of my favorite message board posts only because there was some follow up to it and I feel like I played a little bit of part, little a little part um, in this guy's turmoil, which I don't know if I should take pleasure in that or not. But well, you you've been helping families since 2020, MBG. I don't know if you remember from the VolQuest board back in uh, I think April of this year, the guy posted, "Well, I finally got the call. No VolQuester ever wants to get." <laughs> Turns out this chick that I'm seeing has a husband, and he's also on this board. So <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> and there's a reply, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That one, that one was funny. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> I remember the important stuff like that. <laughs> Well, that's all I brought. Jason, thanks for coming on. It was great having you. Tell us where people can find you. Uh, let's see. Let me do the podcast guest thing. Um, yeah. I try to I try to have my handle jasonkirk.fyi on every uh, every network. Sometimes it's an underscore. You know, some don't, some don't have dots. Jasonkirk.fyi is .fyi is my Substack. Um, Shutdown Fullcast, Vacation Bible School podcast, and the novel is available at Shutdown Full Books and shutdownfullbooks.com and uh, Amazon and wherever else. So so that's a lot of websites all at once. (laughs) You're doing it. You're doing it all. We really do appreciate it, Jason. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I bought it while we were talking. Same. I love that. that. Oh, did you? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, y'all. Very fun. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. (laughs) 